It's so great to be with you this morning and I just love coming to this location. I love our church, CCCC, C3, SYD, <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, and I just love coming to this house and uh, it is always an honour, truly, and always a privilege and so thank you for having me. I know your pastors aren't here today but they are the best. And I truly adore them, um, and I hope they're getting a nice suntan in Hawaii while we're holding down the fort here for them. But uh, no, it is truly an honour to be here. And this morning, we're going to be talking about having a heart for the one. And uh, we're in a great series at the moment, and this morning we're going to be talking about how Jesus has a heart for the one. And how we can have a heart for those ones that God has put in our lives. And just as much as Jesus was totally for the multitudes and, and the, the masses of people, the crowds, he always was speaking to the crowds and, um, you know, he was always with them. But just as much as that, he was continually going after the ones and seeking out the ones and Often I think we can get overwhelmed by trying to reach out to the multitudes. But in fact, Jesus just asks you to reach out to the one. You know, there's a parable in the Bible where it says that Jesus leaves the 99 sheep to go after the one. That's how much he cares about one life, that he would risk losing 99 of his followers to go after one that is lost. That's how much he cares about the one. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning and looking at one of the passages in the Bible where Jesus did exactly this. He went after the one. And, uh, you know, we live our lives from encounter to encounter. And that's what we were doing just before in that moment. We're having a moment of encounter with Jesus. And it's so important that we have those and, you know, that's a lot of the reason why we do Next Step as well, so that we don't just get stuck in one encounter, but so that we are continually progressing. We are continually having revelations about God. You know, Next Step, we're growing and, and learning and we're, we're moving, we're moving. And, you know, as believers, we don't just actually need to have one encounter. We need to have one encounter after another encounter after another encounter. He wants to take us from one encounter to the next. If you get stuck in an old encounter, your relationship with Jesus does get a bit stale and a bit dry because he's on the move and he wants to speak to you about new things and show you new aspects of who he is. And so we live our lives on this pathway of encounters towards Jesus, hopefully becoming more like him. But the most important encounter and the very first encounter in everyone's life is when you first meet Jesus. And when he comes into your life and you experience him for the first time. And I'm sure around this room there are many amazing stories of transformation from that encounter, that very first encounter with Jesus. And that's the encounter that I want to talk about this morning. That very first encounter that people have with Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to John 4. And uh, we're going to be looking at... The, when Jesus met the woman at the well. And I want to kind of pull out a few keys in this passage, um, which I love that Jesus has modelled himself 
that we can use to guide people into an encounter with him. So let's read this. John 4, it's quite a long passage. We're just going to read a few bits of it. And, um, but feel free, go home and read the whole thing. It's quite amazing when you get time. So I'm just going to do a little cough. I can hear my voice going higher. I don't know what's going on there. Sorry about that. Okay, here we go. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. And he had to pass through Samaria. I want to stop there for a moment. If you know anything about Jews and Samaritans in the Bible, it's that they do not cross paths. They do not interact. They do not like each other. A Jew would never speak to a Samaritan. A Jew would certainly never go through Samaria. In fact, the journey to get from Judea to Galilee The direct route is Judea, Samaria, Galilee. It would be to go through Samaria. But every Jew would take the long journey and go all the way around Samaria to get to Galilee. Now, don't forget they're walking. Like, this is a big journey. It would be so much quicker for them just to shoot on through. But because of the the rift (coughs) and the racism, they would never go through Samaria. They would go around. But Jesus had to go through Samaria. Jesus wasn't like anybody else. He goes after the ones that no one else goes after. He went after the tax collectors. He went after the prostitutes. He went after women. He went after Samaritans. He didn't care what any repercussion was going to be on him. He didn't care what people would say, how he would look. He knew he had to go to Samaria. And this word had to in Hebrew actually means to be necessary. It's like he had this necessary thing with him and like, I need to go to Samaria. And my first point is this, that reaching out to people may not always be our plan, but it's God's plan. And even though most Jews would never go to Samaria, Jesus knew he had to. There was a plan for him in Samaria. And there was someone that needed an encounter with him. It was so necessary that he would go to Samaria. And I believe it is for this woman right here. This is the very reason it was necessary for him to go to Samaria. You know, at the beginning of every single year, I seek the Lord for a word for myself. Just something that I can hold on to for the year, something I feel like God's saying to me. And most of the time, you know, it's personal. I never share it. It's just a thing for me. But for some reason this year, I feel like the word God gave me keeps kind of like springing up in all different situations, in all different conversations. I feel myself sharing it quite a bit. And when I was preparing this message for you, I felt the Lord say to share it again. And it's from Isaiah 43 in the message version. If you've um, got that on the screens, that'd be awesome. I just want to read it to you. Um, Yeah, the second bit there, it says, Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert and be present. 
for I'm about to do something brand new. In the next verse, it's bursting out. Don't you see it? If you just go back to the first slide, the part, I mean, I love this scripture and it's quoted a lot all about always like, don't forget the past. There's a new day and I totally believe all that. Excuse me for a moment. But the part that the Lord spoke to me about (coughs) this year was this one tiny part that says, be alert and be present. If we really want to see a new day that we talk about all the time, if we really want to see it bursting out, if we really want to see this place filled to overflowing, if we really want to see the ones in your families, in your lives, in your workplaces know Christ, the preface to that is be alert and be present. And I believe we need to start to get a bit alert. We need to be alert to what the Lord is saying, to where He's guiding and leading us, to to what the Holy Spirit is talking to us about, that we are not getting too rigid in our plans, that we can't make a little detour so that someone can encounter Jesus, that we are each day and each morning, and Pastor Phil talked about this a few weeks ago, I think it was live streamed, where he said, just in the morning, scare up, say, Lord, here's my day. When we just in the morning say, Lord, have my day. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let Him actually guide you through your day so that other people can have moments of encounter with Jesus. I mean, Jesus could have easily just gone on His route around Samaria, but because He's Jesus and He's on a mission, He knew He had to go through Samaria. I would be sad if I wasn't one to listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying and miss those moments to be necessary moments where Jesus wants to encounter people's lives. We need to be alert and we need to be present. We're losing the art of being present. And I'm talking to myself, as I said, this is the word the Lord spoke to me about. Putting our phones away, turning off Netflix, Not thinking about what I'm going to eat next when I'm sitting in church. When I'm in worship, not thinking about that argument last night, but actually connecting with Jesus. Learning to be present when you're in a conversation with someone, being present in that conversation, not looking around to who else you can talk to or who's next that you can catch up with, but being present in that moment. Being alert. And being present. So that we can listen to the Holy Spirit each day. So that He may just nudge us to maybe go this way today instead of going on that way. To have that divine connection with somebody so that they can encounter Jesus. Let's keep reading. Oh my gosh, I've got no time. Here we go. So we came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. This is not one of my points, but I just want to say a side note here. I love Jesus's humanity here. He's been walking for two days through the desert, hot, tired, exhausted to get to where he is. And he's wearied. He's tired from the journey. 
but he's not too tired to be able to still reach out to somebody. And I want to say this this morning, let's not get too wearied from our journey that we can't even reach out to somebody. I think too many of us are too wearied from our journey. And I'm not saying to not look after yourself, to not self-care, to not protect your mental state, your, your well-being. I am all for that. I think it's so important that we are looking after ourselves. But we need to also be careful that it doesn't all become about our journey. And we're so wearied and so tired that we can't actually step out and do anything. Jesus was fully human. He was fully tired. He was wearied from the journey. But he had just enough just to reach out to this woman. Even though he himself was tired, he still reached out to somebody else. And I do know this. I know this. And there is some miracle that happens in this moment. That as you lift your eyes off your own circumstance, even though you may be going through a lot, and I'm not discounting or discrediting that. I know people's journeys can be really full on at times. But as you're going through something, as you lift your eyes up and look upon someone else and reach out to somebody else, not only do they get blessed, but you get blessed. Those who refresh others will in turn be refreshed. He does some sort of freedom in your own life when you begin to reach out to other people. And so Jesus, even though wearied, he reached out. Verse 7, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is that you, a Jew, ask me, a woman, For a drink, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. Skip down to verse 13. And Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will never be thirsty again. Oh, sorry, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And the woman said, Sir, give me this water. How amazing. I love the Jesus, the God of creation who created heaven and earth, who hung stars in the sky, who knows the amount of people on earth. He knows you intimately. He created you. I love that He reaches out to us. Religion will tell you otherwise, that you need to find God. You need to find the way. You need to seek it out. You need to be holy and whole and cleanse yourself. You need to be this perfect person to come to Jesus. But in fact, Jesus is not about religion. He's about a relationship and He's seeking you out. If you are playing a game of hide and seek with Jesus, He's not the one hiding in the best place possible He can find so that you never find Him. He is the seeker, always trying to find us and seek us out. Does that not blow your mind? He seeks us out. He sought out this lady he initiated the conversation so much so that she's like why are you talking to me not only am I Samaritan but I'm a woman like they did not associate in that day my second point is this that we need to reach out in our normal everyday life and initiate 
conversation. I love how Jesus makes something we feel like so full on and complicated really, really simple. He's like, sometimes there will be days you really need to go out of your way for someone. And that's beautiful and I love that. But what I'm talking about is just in your every single day-to-day life, Jesus was just getting some water. He's thirsty from the journey. He's sitting by the well having some water and here comes this woman. All he does was initiate a conversation that led to an encounter with Jesus. I'm so convicted personally. And this has been a conviction of mine for the last six months. And so it's interesting that I have to preach on this today. But that our lives and my life is too busy so that there is not enough of these little divine moments to have in order to initiate conversation. I personally have been very convicted by this the last six months and more so the end of last year. I felt like God was speaking to me about it already, like I'm just too busy and I don't have time to have conversations with people. I'm rushing from one thing to the next and we have a a very full life. I have three small children. I work for an accounting firm. I have two small businesses. We're heavily involved in ministry and I just felt like I was constantly like, ah, all day long. And the Lord had already began to speak to me about this. And it's interesting. I was on the old Instagram one day. And um, a quote came up from a lady called Julia Abel, who used to be at Hillsong, who now runs a church in Cronulla. And she said this, Run life at a pace that places value on people and affords you time to stop and smell the roses. I began to cry as I was reading this on Instagram. I'm like, I don't have time to stop and smell the roses. I never get to smell the red roses. I'm like, I am not running life at a pace where I can even stop for a moment to initiate a conversation with someone so that they can encounter Jesus. And so this year, personally, I put some things in place so that I can't do that. In my everyday today life, one thing that I put in place is that Um, For school pickup, I used to drive my car in, pull my kid in the car and drive on off. And this year I'm like, I'm going to get there 10 minutes earlier. It sounds silly, but I'm like, God, I want to get there 10 minutes earlier to school pickup. And I want you to have some divine connections for me. I want to chat to some of these mums. I want to initiate conversation so that people can encounter Jesus. I have learned the secret to talking. I'm sanguine anyway, I'm extrovert anyway, so I love a good old chat. But I have learned the art to talking to any single person who speaks English. (laughs) I have learned every single person's favourite topic and that can initiate conversation with anyone. And this is the secret. Every single person's favourite topic is themselves. As soon as you begin to ask some questions, oh, how are you? What did you do today? How's your kids? Oh, how's your grandkids? How was that holiday you went on? Where do you guys live? People begin to talk. They begin to converse with you. It's actually not that difficult to initiate a conversation. As you just begin to get interested in people's worlds, they begin to open up to you. They begin to open up. But most of us are too busy. We don't even have time to stop and be able to initiate a quick conversation. And my prayer is that we would be spirit-led. That each morning when we wake up, we'd be like, Lord, which Woolworth should I do my 
food shopping at today? Should I go to Mona Vale or Narrabeen? Where's that divine connection for me today? It's in your everyday today life. It's not going crazy and going into the prisons, even though maybe that is a call for some of you. But it's just in our everyday today life, listening to the Holy Spirit. Maybe Him letting you nudge you a bit and said, oh, maybe could you get to school five minutes early because there's a woman that could really use some encouragement this morning. An initiating conversation. Jesus started talking to this woman. And I love that her first response is, but I'm a woman and I'm a Jew. Why are you talking to me? Can I say something really special about this location? And one thing that I love about you guys is that you are open armed to every demographic, to every culture, to every race, to every person. And I wanna say to you, do not lose that, foster that. If anything tries to rob it, you tell it to leave. Be alert to the enemy's schemes. Be alert and present this year because Jesus did not care about race. He did not care about gender. He did not care about sin. He did not care that she was a woman who He should not be talking to. He broke through the barriers. And you know, we are living in a messy world. I don't know if you've noticed that, but we are. And it's only gonna get messier. And we need to learn to be open-armed people that allow the mess into our church and allow those types of people to come in that no one else would reach, that no one else would go to and allow them to encounter Jesus. Keep your open-armed spirit in this place for God will use it. And I feel it strongly this morning for this location that the ones are gonna come in here that maybe didn't feel welcome anywhere else. And you will together embrace them and love them and accept them. And Jesus will go to work in their heart. You don't need to do it, Jesus will do it. Reaching out to people may not always be our plan, but it's God's plan. It's simply reaching out in our everyday needs and initiating conversation. The final thing I want to say here this morning is from in verse 34 of this passage that we need to get a hunger to do the will of God. In verse 34, it says, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. Do not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me. I'm not talking to the pastors in this room today and it's good because they're not even here. So it's perfect. I'm talking to 99.99% of the rest of you that live lives not of pastoral reaching out to people. I'm talking to you to do the will of God in your life. Yes, you have careers. Yes, you have families. But God has a will for you to reach out to people, for you to go into your workplace and not just get the task done, even though that is important, but have moments of divine connections with people where you can help them, guide them into an encounter with Jesus. I love Jesus just ignored this woman. Thoughts like, why are you even talking to me? He didn't even address it. 
He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have time for that. Let's not get into arguments with people. That doesn't win anybody. He didn't get into an argument with this woman. He didn't even entertain some of the things that she was saying. He just said, you need living water. You need eternal life. No one is going to turn down eternal life. Each and every single one of you have a story to share of an encounter with Jesus. You may not have been a drug addict who's been transformed. You may have been. And what a story of transformation you have. Share that story. No one can argue with your encounter with Jesus. Some of you may be like me that's been in church my whole life. For many years I thought I didn't have a story. I didn't have anything to share. I've never backslidden or been on drugs or had this crazy transforming encounter with Jesus. But what I've learned is that I carry eternal life. And when I say to people, you don't need to be depressed. You can have joy. They're like, how do I get this joy? When you say to people, you don't need to be anxious. You can have peace. How do I get this peace? People want eternal life. People don't have to be addicted. They can be free. People don't have to be sick. They can be healed. People don't have to worry and be anxious. We are living in such an anxious society. They can have peace and they can meet the Prince of Peace. We have eternal life to offer people. Never be ashamed to offer people eternal life. As soon as Jesus said to that, that to this woman, she said, how do I get this living water? Give it to me. She was so hungry for it. She didn't even know what she was asking, I'm sure. She's probably got no clue. He didn't explain it to her like, oh, I'm Jesus and, you know, I'm going to die on the cross for you and you're going to have eternal life. When you die, you'll come to heaven with me. He's not explaining it. He had no idea. But something within her, people could feel it. People can sense Jesus on your life. You don't have to have all the answers. None of us do. You don't have to disqualify yourself because you're going through things. Just reach out to someone in the midst of your everyday lives. Initiate a conversation and let God do the work of having an encounter with people. But we need to be hungry to do the will of God. We have to want it. There has to be something within inside of you that says, I want to be used. Lord, I want to be used in my workplace. I want to be used in my family. I want to show people the answer. I want to show people the joy and the peace and the love that they can have. There has to become a hunger within us instead of the excuses of no, oh no, there's no one that needs Jesus. Oh no, another four months, then I'll maybe think about it. Let's get rid of those excuses and let's get hungry to do the will of God. Let's be Spirit-led. Let's be alert and present. Let's initiate conversations and let's be hungry to do the will of God. And I truly believe if we can just step out in these small ways, that there really will be a new thing that God will do. There really will be a bursting out 
that He will do. I really do believe that this place will be filled with many, many different backgrounds and many, many different stories and many, many demographics and many, many races and many, many cultures. And I see them coming into this place and you have the opportunity to open your arms up and help them to encounter Jesus.